I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents, y'all! Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I am your host, your his host, Adam Appy, okay, which also has a P in it. I'm, I'm being joined by the one, the only, the amazing Aaron. How are you, my dear? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Yellow. I'm good, too. YOLO! YOLO once, lose. It is great to have you, the audience. It is no. February. 16. And we have a schmanschmastic episode for you this week. Are you high right. on drugs, Adam? I've I've been dipping into my special homebrew sauce already. Oh, boysy. <laughs> I was like, I'm literally 10 minutes until the very end of Ender's Game. Yeah, sorry and- to end <laughs> goddamn movie, asshole. <laughs> I want to see how it ends. Like, I read the book. I know how it ends, but I want to see how the movie makes it end, you know? I'll th- how about I just tell you? No. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, it's going to involve like a butthole or something. It's going to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> you know who All makes right, well, a cameo? Who? My butthole. <gasps> uh-huh. Yeah, but to be fair, your butthole makes a cameo in like every outing. Yeah. And it's just, it's fucking everywhere. It's true. I mean, it's weird because like, I mean, okay, so let, let's, let's all, you know, hands on, I'll put our cards on the table here for yeah. a second. Yeah. Um, you have a great butthole. So <laughs> thank you. I, I mean, never you get know, tired of hearing that. Well, the weird thing is, is like, you know, most buttholes are ugly. Oh, I know. So when you find like a pretty one, it's weird. It's like, super Whoa. weird. It's I don't super even rant, but I can't not look, it's, you know, it's absolutely captivating. So it's not really <laughs> that strange that it wants to get out in the public. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's a butthole is weird. That it it's wants got to a, it's almost got a mind of its own. It does. It's, it's strange. I hope it, may, it rears its not so ugly head uh, at your, uh, you know, voices episode. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Ooh, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about the show here. So we're gonna dive in with the nine cents letters. This is correspondence I received. I don't know, a couple months ago. I mean, a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> a couple years. But because of the way that I sort of had this show scheduled, I had to push it off until now. Um, well, yay, we're going to do it. So we got a nice uh, audience correspondence, nine cents letter for you. In the Infernal Informant, Rape Law Leaves Indiana Woman Feeling Victimized Again. And, yeah, we're going to start on a high note there. And then Florida Loud Music Shooting Death Trial Begins. So weird. And it's a mouthful. To brighten the entirety of this episode, we have another Down to the Crossroads with Aaron. Episode 20, what do we got here for this one? Some some dirty duos here. That is so fitting for us. It's so great. It's February. I, it's Valentine's. It's time for people to, sh- to shit on each other's chests in the shape of hearts, and everyone is happy. <laughs> Everyone's just so happy all the time in February. <laughs> it's like the pucker is like a cookie cutter shape of a heart. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to slice it off like a Play-Doh shape maker thing? 
Yeah. I mean, it naturally just pinches off again, but <laughs> you get you get where I'm going. <laughs> so gross. It's the fucking grossest thing I've ever, ever come out of my mouth. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> or gone I mean, in, as the case. I think the dirty duo is, is fitting for this episode. Then. I agree. I might just fucking tell the whole episode dirty duo. Oh, It works so well. Uh, before we dive into the show here, thank you everyone who tuned in to the Get From the Voices of Nine Cents Darren D. Aside episode last Friday, which was two days ago, mm-hmm. a day and a half ago. Um, I had a lot of fun. It was, it was really great. Aaron, I don't think you caught it, did you? That was Valentine's night, right? Yeah. Yes, busy. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You had to make love. <laughs> yeah. It was a special moment with your man, whatever. I needed you. That's well. You should have thought of that before you didn't send me any sort of Valentine's present. It's it like, would have been weird if I sent you one and Josh one. So, uh, I mean, well, I had to make a choice. It would only be weird that you didn't send one to my roommate, too. Oh, hey, hey, listeners, <laughs> did you know he has another fucking roommate? I had no idea! <laughs> it's she true. She fucking dropped it on me today. She it's has a, a third roommate. You got a threesome. Fucked up. I thought I was the threesome, and now I just realized that I'm the sloppy foursome. I guess. I'm the I mean, extra dude that has nothing to do with nothing. Well, yeah. That's true, but I would put you way, way lower than fourth. <laughs> like, 40 if, like, orders of Holy magnitude. Fuck. Anyway, what's up with the show? Where are we at? I don't even want to fucking do a show anymore. Come God on. Damn, I'm like, order of magnitude in the 40th power or something. Think positive, um, Adam. Think positive thoughts. Positive thoughts will... Hey, that relates. So, okay, anyway, it was a great episode with Darren, who didn't stand me up. And (laughs) we had, it was really fun. Like, we we had a bunch of people tune in, asking questions and stuff. And that's what I love about these episodes, is the audience interaction. So thank you, those who did turn up. And for those who didn't, because of time or desire, or another loved one in your life, (laughs) can't fault you. Um, I'm going to be releasing these for the public as soon as they're all complete, I'll just package them and release them as individual episodes at that time. So you can always check it and see what you missed. Um, But by the time this episode airs, we will have already recorded the Jesse's version of the Voices of Nine Cents. And so I'm going to give a little preemptive. Thank you for joining me on that one. And if you didn't join me, what the fuck is your excuse? No excuse. There is no excuse. I'm going to be I'm going to be fucking dapper. I got my cufflinks I'm going to be wearing. I've got my, my mustache curled at the ends, and I hope you all have tuned in. If you haven't, um, I'm going to mushroom stamp your ear next week. Next week? It's happening. Oh, that seems awfully <laughs> soon. Okay. Yes, you know. All right, anyway, um, we're almost done with this series. Like, after tonight, we have two other people to do. We have to do Aaron. Hey. Is that ever going to happen? Nope. It's off the table. I just decided right now. Fucking think so. That's fucked up. No. Just want to say. Yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Not next weekend, but maybe the weekend after next. Maybe. I'm getting a lot of maybes from you. Yeah, that's all I can give you right now. I will. Just, I'm not okay with that. Definitely try to let you know as soon as possible. All right. Well, audience, (laughs) this is what I'm dealing with, so you understand when we don't fucking hear shit. I'm a busy girl. Yeah, no, I get it. You have an important, powerful life to lead, whatever, you know. It's I cool, do, whatever. it's true. Just, 
sitting at my table drinking beer, waiting for your Skype call. Oh, that's so... If I had a nickel every time I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as soon as Aaron is able to schedule it, we will definitely let you guys know and we will schedule everything together and we'll have a fantastic episode there. Uh, But we also have a den. So look for that scheduling here coming up shortly. I have to just sort of put some things into place before that can happen. But... I, again, thank you all for your interaction and your encouragement and participation in this project. It's been amazing. So I was, uh, oh, and here's the thing, because I, I already mentioned that I'm going to be wearing my cufflinks. I was, <clears throat> this has been a conversation my wife and I have been having for quite some time, and that I want some wolf's hook cufflinks to match the tattoo that I gave myself on my wrist of a trapezoid with the wolf's hook inside of it. And so I wanted to get cufflinks. Because if you're wearing a dress shirt, obviously your wrist is covered, but I still wanted that symbol to be out there um, for people to see when they're looking at me. Uh, So I wanted to get cufflinks with that design engraved into it. And we thought we found the place to do it, and it ended up being way too fucking shallow and way too fucking tiny. And I'm so goddamn disappointed that I paid these fuckers and talked to them on the phone about it and fucking took the time to put it together. You, like... Whenever someone tells you that there's no reason to give you a proof because it's just going to take a couple minutes to do and then mail off to you, that should be your first clue that this is not quality work. Like, hands down, require a goddamn proof before you get anything done. And a proof, for those of you who don't know, is uh, sort of like a mock-up, a, a, a copy of the final to give you an idea of what really is the product you're going to be receiving. So whether it's print, whether it's a physical um, item that you're going to be getting like a cufflink, uh, requires some form of a proof so that you know at some measure what you're going to be receiving. I didn't do it this time like a fucking idiot, and now I'm burned because of it. And I will never use cufflinks.com again. Oh, shit. The gauntlet is thrown. There it is. <laughs> I'm fucking angry. I mean, it's it's okay for a fucking douchebag who just wants his initials on a fucking cufflink, but I have some goddamned... I, I de- demand quality, and if you're not going to fucking provide it, don't pretend like you are going to provide it. And I was thrown off because they also have Star Wars cufflinks, which I was all, all sorts of excited about. And because I thought what I was going to be getting was on par with the other stuff that they were offering, and it was not. So. Have you uh, considered writing a sternly worded um letter to their headquarters fucking letter yeah i'm 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 that upset it was fucked up um i was still gonna wear them but (laughs) i'm just not gonna be happy about it um okay so yesterday i was (laughs) sort of the downtime i just went over to a buddy's house to watch him for the very first time run his still which i had never seen before like in person very fucking old school american uh back fucking east, very much Kentucky backwoods type thing. Uh, I was very excited to be there and see it live and in person. I went out of my way. I took my nephew. We got a couple of really fine cigars, and and we decided to really just take this moment and take it all in. Uh, Sights and smells and texture, and it ended up being a really cool experience, save for the fact that it was like crazy alcoholic like you will go blind drinking this shit alcoholic i was stunned at the <laughs> the amount of alcohol that came out of this goddamn still it just 
Like you smelled it and you're like, that doesn't smell quite right. And then you tasted it and you're like, why did I taste that? And then you took a sip out of the mason jar and you're like, I should not have fucking done that. And then like 20 minutes later, you're sitting in a chair because you can't stand anymore. And you're smoking a cigar that you can't breathe anymore smoking. You're just like so out of it. That was me yesterday. It was really, really weird. How old is your nephew and uh, how much does he appreciate having you as a role model? (laughs) Uh, I think he digs it. He's a grown man now. Oh. But <laughs> he was – this was a dude who was shown a picture of me as a young uh, baby and then a young child and then a young man. And if he smiled, he was smacked. So he was conditioned to hate me because I identified as a Satanist very early on in my life and my sister hated it. That, she is a fervent Mormon. That took a really weird turn. I had no idea yeah. we were going to actually get real there. That's fucking so he nuts. So was, he was conditioned to absolutely hate me. And and so as soon as he became a man, he realized that there must be a reason why he should hate me so much. And so he decided to find out. And it turned out he actually liked me a lot. And so we, we get along famously now. That's a great story. I mean, horrific. <laughs> but that's awful. Yeah. No, but it was a good time. It was a really good time. <laughs> yeah. um, except for the, the alcohol was way too intense. Like, it, it should, it, there's a reason it's not legal. <laughs> I'll just say. Not that I would participate in anything illegal. Just saying. <laughs> hell, oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> All right, so I get, got back from that wonderful experience, and I was sitting down sobering up, and just sort of uh, chilling with the kids while the wife went out to get some Ender's Game from Netflix and uh, pick up some food. And she gave me a call. She's like, so I was hit by a car. And so I'm freaking out. Like, are you okay? Uh, is your neck hurt? Is your back hurt? How are you? And everything's fine except for the fact that my car's fucked up. Oh, no. So I, on one hand, I should be happy that she's okay. <laughs> and on the other hand, she took my car and fucked my car oh, up. Oh, shit. What was wrong with her car? So, exactly. That's a good fucking question. Nothing <laughs> is the answer. Just this is like, suddenly multifaceted. <laughs> <laughs> took so my much car, to consider. Fucked up my car. Maybe she and, knew that she was going to oh, get in an accident that night. This was a plan. <laughs> She went to her fucking, I love it when people go to like, or pay attention to like astrology and shit. Oh my God. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're the best people. If you're one of them and you're listening to this show, stop. you got to stop. You must <laughs> stop. Seriously. It has no bearing on anything. And it actually makes you a slave. Like that's all it does. So, but you know, maybe, maybe that's what it was. She, <laughs> she yeah. was paying attention to astrology. She's like, well, I'm going to get an accident. I'm going to borrow your car. Giggle, giggle. Right. Yeah. Fucked my car up. Yep. So now I get a deal with a fucked up car until my insurance company deals with it. How fucked up? You know, it's, it's really not that bad, but. Okay. So quit your front end of it. Well, except for the fact that it fucking damaged the front end of my car, and so my alignment's all fucked up. The side, front side of my car is like all bent in. It looks like it looks like RoboCop took his fist to it. That's cool. You should spin it that way. <laughs> I get the RoboCop mobile. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. Maybe I should do that. Maybe. Hey, it's a good thing. Yay. Yeah, I get sponsorship okay. from like your local um, <laughs> morning radio. Like, show the news like review local theater 
to promote this show? Sure, that too. The remake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, I got a fucked up car now. I'm a little upset. I'm sorry. Like, I almost want her to be hurt so that it Damn. justifies the damage to my car. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Wow. I don't want her. I don't want her to be hurt. But if wow. my car's fucked up, I want there to be a reason. You'd appreciate not just a little like contusions and bleeding. Um, right. Give me three testicles. or four stitches. That's all I want. Oh, three okay. or four. Nothing serious. Fuck. <laughs> does your wife maybe a little to the twitch show? in your eye she actually does <laughs> okay because if she didn't i was gonna fucking email her this show you're back <laughs> i know my <laughs> i know your husband whispers my name at night but you should probably know <laughs> that just took another weird turn uh-huh. uh, you do that you have a knack for should taking- we yeah. Should we start the show? God damn it, yes. We're like 15 minutes in. We're like 25 minutes in. <laughs> oh, sweet fucking hell. Okay. All right, all right. So, Nines and Slayer's coming up. Though I am an active member, I do not speak for the Church of Saint. Welcome to Nines and Slayer's. Yay! <laughs> Oh, fuck. I don't know why I do this segment. Like, <laughs> hands down, I don't know why I do I always feel like I end up insulting someone. Oh. And I know, like, I truly dig that you guys interact with me. But sometimes I'm just, I feel like I should be insulting because of the questions. Damn. It's weird. You're just, right. like, laying it out there today. Just telling it as it is. You're... All right, here we go. You, actually, you know what? You want to do this? Yeah. I read this. You want to read this? Okay, I'll read this. All right. What do you think of positive thinking? I was having a discussion with a friend about it, and I think it's bullshit because it doesn't address the power of the will. I gave her some examples, like someone studying for a test may be motivated by negative thinking, i.e. they get paranoid they're going to fail, and they focus their will on studying for the test in order to pass it. I'm pretty sure she got her view of positive thinking from movies like The Secret. I think that's we. <laughs> I think that movie is misleading people to think that if they're self-loathing individuals, they have to masochistically avoid all negative thoughts and butter themselves up with positive thoughts in order to transform themselves. And then he's okay to substitute margarine for that. If you're a big fat fatty, whatever. <laughs> can we go on with the story, saddlebags? It's <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why you have to interrupt me with these juvenile questions. <laughs> it's a serious matter, man. God damn. Saddlebags. I was a fatty when I was growing up, all right? And I, I had saddlebags. I, I can see it in your eyes. Anyway, everyone knows it, fatty. Everyone sees the big fatty inside. <laughs> We're going to... Are you going to finish this out or are you good? What did you want me to do? Go to the website and just read the whole website? No, I just thought you were going to mention the thing because you started mentioning it and then I cut you off. And oh, you gonna finish. yeah. Sorry. My my bad, I guess. <laughs> my bad. So he sent us an article from the Elite Daily. Which oh, should we start this episode over? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have time. we got to get to Jesse's thing. Everybody's got to oh, go yeah. Oh, yeah. Sh- shower and, and freshen up in between. I'm going to wash my balls. Oh, thanks. Great. <laughs> <laughs> They're all buttery. All right. <laughs> so, Actually, I'm sorry, because I'm a fatty, I used margarine, all right? Yeah, I know. 
Mm-hmm. We all know. So, okay, basically this website where it goes is just utter crap and yeah. Yeah, there's typos on it, which may, means it's, you know, I wish I could burn it to the ground. I wish there was a way <laughs> to set this article on fire and watch it asphyxiate and char. Anyway, what do you think? Why are you so negative? Because <laughs> I hate everything. so aggressive. I mean, right. it's just stupid. Okay, so I want I want your take on this because I, I emailed the, the audience member that, that sent this to me already. And before I give my take, I, I would love to hear your take. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand the question. Uh, the power of – I've never seen The Secret, so I don't know. I guess – I think if I understand correctly, you just – if you want something, you just put it out there somehow. I don't know what you do. Send smoke signals or whatever. But Spiritual smoke signals, yeah. Okay. I wasn't far off. I was so close. <laughs> um, so that's crap. You know, that's, to- that's totally <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Everyone knows that. Apparently not, dude. This dude's girl or well, friend. Okay, look. Let's start with the fact that she's a woman. So she's already oh. at a real handicap as far as logic and critical thinking. So Whoa, that is... All right. He should lead with that. You know, he should definitely... Point that out first. First thing, first and foremost, you're dumb. You know, you know what you are. Who me? Yeah, I'm playing you're, a character right now. So you're just, you're a sex traitor. <laughs> I'm an un- uncle. Um, nah, fuck it. Beth, <laughs> you. I've heard of race traders before. You're a sex traitor. Uh, there's a lot of us. <laughs> More than you think. You go to prison, you're going down. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. No, it is. Uh, so <clears throat> this is weird because you you have to sort of take this on. You have to divorce yourself from reality for a minute in order to understand what those who believe in this sort of thing are, where they're coming from, in essence, I think. Right. Which is an exercise of uh, futility for some but if you're able to put yourself in other people's shoes perspective it's it's pretty powerful fucking tool here for lesser just, magic just you know. just try this try thinking like a woman i like dick <laughs> there you go okay wait that's is that fun. all you gotta do that's a fact <laughs> that you went right that, i'm sorry that was it that was a gay dude no, that was not a chick sure it was i hate dick but i feel like i should like it oh Whatever. and i'm and i'm the sexist um no realistically okay so let's talk about the the power of positive thinking um you know in the context of satanism i think we have to be careful because the reason you go into a ritual if you're going to practice greater magic is that you you have a desired end and the ritual is going to help facilitate that in one way or another and so you have to be able to utilize the power of positive thinking but you can't be a slave to it because it's important to understand that positive thinking is not the end it's it's a tool you use in order to achieve the end goal whatever that is um the problem with the people who really take stock in the secret or take stock in the ideal of positive thinking or in this article that he sent sort of reinforcing this idea of positive conditioning trait champions is that you you must divorce yourself from any negativity in existence. That's insane. And only then will you able to be uh, focusing on the positive and have, be successful. And that's bullshit. That's insane. You know, 
we as human beings have to champion all that we are. And that means that we are emotionally uh, handicapped in a lot of things. We, we cannot divorce ourselves from our shortcomings. Uh, sometimes we're born with psychological shortcomings that we have to deal with. Um, sometimes they're, they're social shortcomings that chaos itself, just our interaction with other people and other people's own chaos within them, their own minds, uh, put place onto us and, and we have to deal with it. So you can never divorce yourself from negativity in life. Um, and I don't think even if you could, you should. It's important to be able to place yourself in life. And that means understand when you're happy and when you're not. What's making you happy and what's making you not happy. You have to be able to rationally look at experience and and use that understanding to put yourself where you want to be or to help nudge yourself into a place that you want to be. But to try to simply divorce yourself of that part of life in and of itself or, or those around you who share those uh, very brief moments or, or maybe prolonged moments of negativity, you're doing yourself a disservice. There is true majesty in sorrow. I mean, the fucking blues all came out from sadness. And there is nothing as, as fucking motivational or powerful as that, musically to me anyway. Um, that you, you have to be able to embrace all aspects of what it means to be a human being. And that means the bad as much as the good. Mm -hmm. And this idea of positive thinking within that context, um, it's only a means to an end. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So that's really all you can do. If all you're doing is focusing on positivity, you're an asshole. A asshole. Chances are people don't want to fucking be around you. Have you ever been around those people that are just always uppity and cheerful and blah, 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 blah. you should always assholes. look on the bright side? They're not fucking human <laughs> beings. They're fucking automatons. And more likely than not, they're lying to themselves. So they're not being honest. Mm -hmm. And they're just pure fucking plastic. They're mm -hmm. fake. They're not real. Right. It's if you're focusing so much on the, the brief thoughts that are running through your head, then you will never be able to focus on life. Satanists champion life, experience, not positive thinking. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking handicap. It's a cast on your arm that you're focused on. You're never focused on the healing or, or what you're going to do when you get it off. Just the cast itself. It's going to hold you back and it's going to restrict you. And I know that sounds maybe counterintuitive, but if it does, you're looking at reality wrong. We live on a spectrum of emotion and a spectrum uh, of experience, yeah. and I we think, cannot nail it down. Yeah, I think that's a really important point is that they've set up a sort of false dichotomy where everything's binary. You know, it's either positive or negative, and that's ridiculous. One's zeros, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, part of being a good Satanist, I would say, is knowing your weaknesses. And if you're completely blind to all the, every negative thing in the world, like, you're never going to figure anything out. <laughs> if you're just omitting more than, you know, more than half of life experience. It, it's, a, it's a stunning, stunning notion that there, there's a group of people out there that go out of their way to avoid anything negative. Like, That's, there's some genuine yeah. good things that come out of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, without some sort of, you know, experience in life, how are you going to become a better person? Like, if you just never see anything as being 
you know, if you see the bad stuff, then how are you supposed to be get better as a human being? Well, let's bring this home a little personally. Um, what's a bad experience that you've had in life that you think has been a catalyst for change? Oh. Yeah. In my life. Besides your third roommate you never mentioned. Uh, I don't know why you're so freaked out about this. <laughs> a bad experience. I mean, both, I mean, I, do, I feel like I bring this up every episode, but both of my parents are dead. And it's hard to put a positive spin on that, but it's, you know, there, there actually are a lot of things that are good about that, that I, they didn't have to, neither one of them um, lost their mental capacity. They were both completely aware, but it's made, okay, you know. So, so personally, how has, has your losing them, the, the sorrow that is uh-huh. inherent in that, how has that helped you move as a, as a powerful individual? Uh, move on. Well, I I just basically learned that I that I was gonna survive. I didn't think it was gonna be possible. I lost my mom, and then six years later, I lost my dad. And the whole that whole interim, the time between my mom and my dad, I thought for sure that when my dad died, I was just gonna fucking lose it. <laughs> you know that it was just gonna be too much for me to handle. Um, and then you know it came and it went, and it was horrific, but. I'm I, I'm okay, you know. A year later, I'm I'm actually, and, and I, I, you know, it's funny that I just thought of this this morning. I was thinking, you know what? I'm as happy as I've ever been in my life right now. And uh, you know, losing my parents made me realize that uh, you know, there's a I can handle a lot more shit than I was, <laughs> you know, allowing myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I, I mean, for me, I would say. First and foremost, and, and loss has a lot to do with understanding your your, your capacities mm-hmm. as a human being, I think. <clears throat> For me, I lost my best friend and then I lost my father and I realized that um, their life and their death do not define you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. an important, important concept to grasp and it's yeah. hard to grasp. Because you always sort of identify yourself by those you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're gone, it's hard to realize that that actually wasn't part of who you are. Yeah, man. Um, and anyone who has <laughs> given up drugs or given up smoking or given up drinking understands this notion thoroughly. Is that you're not defined by your behaviors as much as... Uh, I'm sorry, your ba- behaviors don't define you as much as you define uh, your behaviors. So you you project onto things mm-hmm. much more than they affect you as an individual. And you are quite capable of moving on and, and, and growing in spite of the pain that you've experienced. But if you're, if you're ignoring all of that and you're focusing solely on the positive and you're not mm-hmm. appreciating the, the sorrow that you will inherently feel, you're actually creating a rift within your mind you're creating discord within your own nature. And if there's one thing that you can't do as a human being and still be a, a powerful, influential individual, and that's, that's lie to, to yourself about who and what you're, you are and what you're feeling. And, and so that's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging thing to get through. Um, everyone has to deal with it mm-hmm. and it makes up what it is to be human being, you know, the human experience, a loss as much as passion. And we, we have to be able to appreciate both because one is not greater than the other. They are both simply fractures of, of a whole. And uh, that is, you know, the, the magnificence of humans and, and, and our behaviors and our experience. Um, 
I don't know. I think we've harped on this enough. But, um, I think it's it's nice to be able to put a personal spin on our explanations whenever we mm. do these nine cents letters. And thank you, Aaron, for being able to to speak to that because I know you know it it, it can be a challenging thing, and you you've overcome what could potentially be a debil- debilitating experience. You know, for a lot of people, loss like that is. Yeah. And it speaks volumes about who you are. Well, thank you. So how about we move to Inferno Informer? Let's do it. Here we go. Hey, what's going on with us? Uh, Inferno Informer. Get on the truck. You out there. All right. This is Rape Law Leaves Indiana Woman Feeling Victimized Again. It's from the Detroit Free Press, and it was written by Bill McCleary and Tim Evans. So big, big round of applause for those guys. Yay. Okay, so a man walks into the Marion County Sheriff's Department and confesses to raping a young woman in 2005. In Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, and Kentucky, as well as 28 other states across the U.S., he would have been arrested and prosecuted. But in Indiana, Bart, uh-oh, Bar- <laughs> Bart, uh, Barrether, I'm g- Bart Barrether walked out a That's free good. man. Why? Because in this state, rape charges no longer can be filed if the incident took place more than five years ago. Can I stop you really quick? Sure. I hate it when people ask questions in an article. I do too. It drives me crazy, especially when it's something like, why? Why? Like, yeah, why don't you just fucking address this as if we're not having a back and forth conversation and you're just writing a fucking article that I'm going to be reading? So why? suck Th- it. That's why. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so Indiana is among just seven states with a statute of limitations of five years or less for filing rape charges. In 11 states, the statute of limitations is from six to nine years. In 12 others, it ranges from 10 to 20 years. And 20 states have no limit at all. The unique set of circumstances highlights the delicate balance between liberty and justice that plays an integral part in a criminal justice system based on the classical belief that it is better than 10 guilty person. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let me try that again. It is better that 10 guilty persons escape than that one innocent suffer. It also comes as advances in DNA technology are prompting some states to reexamine decades-old limits on prosecuting rape and other sex crimes. Last year, Kansas lawmakers threw out the state's five-year limit. Now a rape charge can be filed at any time in Kansas. Similar legislation is pending in Ohio, where advocates are pushing to scrap a 20-year limit. The need for justice and the need for healing, said Kate Hanna, executive director of the Ohio Alliance to End Sexual Violence, do not suddenly go away after some arbitrary number of years has passed. The statutes of limitations have been around nearly as long as they've been, as there have been laws, dating to ancient Roman law and are typically set by state lawmakers. The limits in place for most civil claims and criminal acts other than murder are a critical component of the U.S. legal system aimed at de- deterring potentially fraudulent and old claims, but they have often been questions. Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., who five years later would become the U.S. Supreme Court Justice, raised the issue in a 1897 Harvard Law Review, what is the justification for depriving a man of his rights, a pure evil as far as it goes, in in consequence of the lapse of time? Sometimes the loss of evidence is referred to, but that is a secondary matter. Sometimes the desirability of peace, but why is peace more desirable after 20 years than before? 
Brian W. Scott, a law professor at the Indiana University Maurer School of Law in Bloomington, said that the traditional rationale for time limits is tied to the two basic concerns acknowledged by Holmes. One has to do with repose. At a certain point, a person should no longer have to fear that they will be charged with a crime that occurred years ago, he explained. <laughs> that seems so fucking r- ridiculous. <laughs> Chill out, criminals. Put your feet up. You can just, just relax lay low. now. It'll, it'll pass. It all, and then there you go. Don't worry. Uh, the other has to do with difficulty of proof after a certain time it becomes harder to get reliable evidence physical evidence deteriorates and the memories of witnesses fade now that's a really good point it is you know okay so the passing of time can be as troubling for a defendant as for a prosecutor scott said citing as an example the death of a potential alibi witness still scott said the law places no limit on murder and some other serious crimes in Indiana, for, for instance, there is no statute of limitations on Class A felony charges, what the state deems the worst of the worst criminal offenses. That includes murder as well as other charges, such as dealing in more than three grams of cocaine, methamphetamine, or any narcotic drug, armed robbery resulting in injury and child neglect resulting in death. State lawmakers also saw fit to include in that category category aggravated rape which involves the use of a deadly weapon or serious injury to the victim but if neither circumstance applies rape is a class b felony with a five-year limit on bringing charges okay that's i think that's kind of fucked up yeah that you can rape someone uh but if you deal more than three grams of coke um you're going to be going to prison yeah what i think is (laughs) is i mean it's all crazy but with the statute of limitation I think the fact that this, so this guy, this particular case, he confessed. That should yeah. sort of like negate the whole statute of limitations. I understand that it's in place for two reasons. One of which is totally valid. One of which is absolutely fucking absurd. Which, you know, <laughs> what you know, the, the the valid salient point is that evidence tends to deteriorate. You know, it's it's entropy. Like it's just gonna disintegrate <laughs> it's going to be harder people's memories fade and, and you know actual physical evidence deteriorates but the other one where it's just like yeah you know like relax <laughs> it's you've paid your dues you know you've lived this, <laughs> guilt, this guilt for long enough now you're you got tro- away with it for this long you're fucking so we'll insult. just let you go yeah, yeah which is utter fucking insanity but so this but but i do think that once someone admits to the crime and confesses firsthand then all bets are off you fucking prick like and the fact that this guy knew the law he knew the statute of limitations and he waited till had it it had expired before he confessed i mean he i think that was a very deliberate move on his point it's a very christian thing to do i think right in that well no to to wait and then confess so that you feel better Oh, yeah. So this has obviously been bothering him that he did this for so long or else he wouldn't have confessed at all. But he waited until he couldn't get in trouble for it and then did it. And so now he's right with Jesus. He has repented. And though this article does not bring Christianity into it, it is a purely hands-down Catholicism way of seeing the world. You repent for your sins and you are absolved of said sins in the eyes of God. And in this case, in the eyes of Indiana law, he's okay with it. That's, that's pretty fucked up. So, I mean, there's a couple things involved when it comes to admitting, uh, confessing to crimes. Um, sometimes you did them, sometimes you didn't do them. And I guess it comes down to, does it fucking matter? If you are a crazy person and you confess to a crime you didn't commit, does it matter? I mean, let's just, 
they're obviously not mentally there. Should it be okay for us just to end them because of it? No. <laughs> no. To, to, if someone confesses... I didn't, yeah, I did not expect you to say no. <laughs> Maybe I don't understand the question. Ask it again. If I did not commit uh -huh. this rape, right. but the statute of limitations expired, I came up and admitted that I did it. Uh -huh. In that context, you don't know that I didn't do it, but I still admitted to doing it. Oh. Should, do you think that I should still be prosecuted for having done it? Well, I think a case need, would need to be built. That's why I said no. I, I, you know, you can't just automatically assume that just because someone confessed to a crime that they actually did it. I mean, it gives you probable cause, just probably build a pretty strong case one way or the other. But I don't think it's right to just immediately prosecute someone for admitting to a crime. If we did that out of... Um, Innocent, you know, a lot of guilty people will be getting away with crime. Right. It, it does become, I always look at cases, um, any crime in, in terms of dollars, because I, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I tend not to look at the human element. I look at what the, sure. the burden on society. Uh -huh. So building any case mm -hmm. uh, for a trial becomes incredibly expensive. Sure. So. I mean, in a case like this, I doubt that this dude is going to be paying for it himself. It's probably going to fall upon the citizens of his state to pay for. Um, in which case, if he is crazy, it's going to cost them a lot of money to find out that he's just fucking crazy. Whereas if he admitted to it and they just end him, well, it costs him 10 cents for a bullet. Yeah, but he's mentally ill. He's not capable of making rational uh any sort of rational decision. I mean, you can't be trusted that a crazy person would walk into a police station and, and admit to crimes that he'd read about in the newspaper earlier that day. He's not of sound mind or, or you know, he can't make that kind of statement and be expected to be believed. I'm going to be straying wildly from this article, but I'm going to ask, <laughs> yeah. um, why, do, why should we concern ourselves with them? We can't just kill mentally ill people because they're mentally ill. I mean, that's basically what that comes down to. This person's confessing it, to a crime because he's mentally ill. Therefore, so they understand the consequences of that. And they may no, not, not fully understand the con. Mm -hmm. you, so, yeah, I mean, as I was saying that. I right. Was Sorry. Saying. <laughs> they may not fully understand the consequences of what they're saying. Right. But should it matter? I mean, yes. <laughs> if, you are, if you are mentally deficient, you are going to be a burden on your society in one way or another. Well, not necessarily. Oh, absolutely necessarily. So it's either on your immediate family or right. on society because you're homeless and they have to pay for uh, um, public sheltering or um, homeless I mean, not all mentally Activities. ill people are fucking hobos, you know. <laughs> you're right. And they you're don't right, all right. need 24-hour care either. I mean, a lot of mentally ill people don't aren't a burden. They actually can hold down jobs long enough. There's actually some really famous and very rich musicians who are probably mentally ill. But so I, I think maybe the premise is flawed a little bit. Well, okay. So I guess the difference would be that those who admit to crimes. Uh, versus those who don't. Mm -hmm. And to weed out those who are mentally deficient who admit to crimes versus those who actually committed crimes, what is the burden upon society to determine that? And is that burden worth it in the long run? It's got to be worth it. I mean, we can't just bypass this major 
chink in the armor here. <laughs> you know, we can't just say it's so it's so inconvenient to, to, to spend money to build a case when it could turn out this guy is crazy. I mean, if somebody's crazy and they admit to a crime, it's really not going to take a lot of fucking effort to figure out that they're fu just fucking crazy. You know, it really doesn't take that long to determine that, oh, this fucking guy just read a newspaper earlier today and he just needs attention or he wants, you know, he wants something. Well, I think it, it could be rather difficult because they do have entire trials to determine whether or not this person who did commit a crime can go to a hospital for yeah, the rest but, of their lives because of insanity yeah, versus... Yeah, but only in cases where everybody knows he did it or there's evidence, there's a physical or circumstantial, any kind of evidence that he did it. Not and just that's where the time, that's where the time becomes an issue because if, if they admit to it and it's past that five-year mark, the, the memory of the victim isn't as sharp as it once was. There is no physical evidence of the crime. Mm -hmm. We're relying on admission of guilt more than anything else. And so it, I, I think that, you know, this is all just made up in our heads right now. <laughs> but I think in this case, you know, this gentleman who went in and admitted to it, he may very well just be mentally deficient and he did no, not no, actually no, no, fucking no. do it. No, because this wasn't this. She never reported it. This case wasn't like a common knowledge. This wasn't public information. Exactly. So, so oh, so, relying oh, I see. On, okay. So I'm I'm on, actually arguing your point with that. Like you're saying, if he did, then if he has information that the public, the rest of the public didn't know, then he obviously is guilty. Is what you're saying too? I mean, he could very well be making it up, and he just happened to fucking monkey in a barrel pick out a woman who was physically abused at some point. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know very few women who have not been physically abused. I've never been. I know one person who has never been physically abused. <laughs> Just, you know, only one woman who's never been physically abused, <laughs> and it's me. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not as uncommon, you know? No, I, I know. See, you're much more compassionate than I am. I say if you admit oh, to a crime, you should be fucking ended. <laughs> Like, I, it's, I, I, it's not compassion. It's you can't just willy nilly shit because then everybody's in danger. I mean, if you make that no, exception, not at all. If, if you admit to it, if you walk right. into a fucking police station and you say, "I committed this crime," well, then okay, you're going to suffer the consequences for that. Well, we can't try you because the time has already passed. Uh -huh, but, but we're going to provide the end game for you. Like that's in my perfect world. That's what I would think. Okay. <laughs> I would right. fucking end his ass. <laughs> this is weird because this is. A, you know, it's, it's a strange conversation about um, what ifs. Um, I, I think it's worthwhile to have. And I think you have probably illustrated best of all uh, the way that, you know, it, it's a challenging thing to approach. You know, what do you do if, if the time has passed so long and yet the crime has still been committed? Um, you know, they're all right with themselves because they finally admitted to it. Sure. But there's no real vindication for society. Um, I mean, so let's say you were in charge of law and let's say you had absolute power here. What would you do to this guy? Oh, to this guy? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I in would change the story. law. I would definitely not have a limitation on something as, as violent as rape. But to this guy, I mean, there's nothing you can do. They, I don't know. Could she file a civil suit? I don't know how this shit works. <laughs> but it, it seems like that's always the the the. the the backup plan is like a civil suit, but I don't know if she has a case. Maybe so. Maybe she can file a civil suit, but I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> but 
Because no, a, a lot of people who like with the OJ trial, I know, because you know, there's that whole double jeopardy thing where if you are found guilty, you can't be retried for the same crime. So then people go to like a civil trial, a civil suit. But I don't know if she has that kind of recourse. So I don't know. I would cut his right. balls off, like if probably I, I knew for sure, or sort of chemical castration of some sort. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, let's move to the next one here. Sure. I'm not sure how to end that one, like with a bow. <laughs> you know, it, it was a weird, <laughs> weird yeah, article. All right, so this is the BBC Florida, quote, loud music shooting death trial begins. This is posted on the 3rd of February. Um, and I actually don't see an author. Nah, fuck him. A man accused of shooting an unarmed black teenager who refused to turn down his loud music has gone on trial in the U.S. state of Florida. BBC is a British <laughs> printing uh, publication, which is why it said this. Anyway, uh, Michael Dunn, 47, is charged with first-degree murder in the death of Jordan Davis on 23 November 2012. Uh, the software engineer said, oh, 12, <laughs> says he feared for his life when he opened fire on Davis, 17, and three other teenagers in a row at Jacksonville Petrol Station. The case has drawn comparisons with the shooting of Trayvon Martin. Martin, 17, was gunned down in Orlando suburb in February 2012 by a neighborhood watchman, George Zimmerman, who claimed self-defense and was acquitted. Mr. Dunn faces life in prison if convicted of Davis's murder. Local thug. He has said he asked the car full of teenagers to turn down their stereo, but Davis refused and the two exchanged words. He alleges he saw a gun barrel pointed out the window at him before he opened fire, but police found no weapon on the teenager's vehicle. Mr. Dunn later told local media his case was never about loud music. This case is about a local thug threatening to kill me because I dared to ask him to turn the music down, he wrote in a letter. Davis's parents, Ron Davis and Lucia McBath, have testified before Congress since their son's death changed the stand your ground law arguing it should require a duty to retreat provision florida's controversial measure measure <laughs> measure allows people in fear of serious injury to use deadly force to defend themselves rather than retreat in your home you have every right to protect your castle mr davis told u.s media in public we can't all walk around acting like we are in our home <laughs> telling people what to do in public Place. That's what I do in my house. I just fucking tell people what to do. Sit down and enjoy <laughs> your drink. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So you're at a gas station. Uh, you're carrying. Yeah, uh, I am. Not drug. Sure. Oh, right. um, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're I'm carrying good. a drug. You're armed. You're packing. Yeah. I believe yep. is the young person term. Packing. Nope. No. Old people. Oh. You're, you're an old person saying packing. That's all. So so I'm packing, <laughs> and there's some. <laughs> Uh, a, a youngster, a young whippersnapper in a car, mm -hmm. maybe an Escalade or a Honda, Ooh, playing racist. loud music. <laughs> <laughs> playing loud music. You have the balls to walk up to them because you're packing, uh, telling them to turn their motherfucking music down. No one wants to hear fucking... Uh, I'm trying to think of a rapper, but I don't oh, know any. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you Cent. come up with. Oh, come on, Grandpa, 50 Cent. I don't know anyone else. They they came up and they heard fucking 50 Cent yeah. playing loud. They're like, I want you to turn it down or change it to Frank Sinatra. And they said, <laughs> motherfucker, I'll fuck. 
fuck you up, bitch. You back the motherfucking hey. shit off me, motherfucker. Hey, Adam. Yeah. Uh, you've strayed off script pretty seriously. Oh, really? Yeah. You're making well, okay, up so entire conversations. Oh. Oh. I mean, it's your well, show, so feel free. It but is. The, the listeners should know. <laughs> None of this is in it. Yeah. But, uh, okay. He, he heard loud music at a gas station. What kind of dickhead is this guy? He told them to turn the fucking music down. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in that way. Probably mm-hmm. threatened him at some allegedly. point. Allegedly. And he pulled his weapon and he fired on them, killing one teenager. Now. He fired a volley <laughs> of shots at this car. <laughs> he did it, but he only killed one person. Um, yeah, okay. So, my question to you. Who, me? Obviously, in Florida, this is still a touchy issue because they're going to contest whether Stand Your Ground had relevancy. I like um, how the only connection this has to the Trayvon Martin case is that they were in Florida. Well, I think it's the Stand Your Ground <laughs> statute that... And that's not even what they're they're going... That's not even... Any, it has nothing to do with this trial. Oh, th- well, the trial is starting. I, I will be stunned if that is not brought up. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like, that is probably his rational in his head when he walked up. He's like, if they give me lip, if I'll they're going blow. to threaten me, mm-hmm. I can shoot them. Like, oh, he's wow, okay. already carrying. It, okay, and here's, here's something I'm going to say, like, hands down. You would not be carrying a weapon if you were not willing to use it. Right. I hands hope. down. Yeah. And so I, that had to play into this man stepping up to this car. How many saying, times do you think if the it goes down, thrown? What? How many times do you think the N-word was dropped? By him? I bet none. Bullshit. Really? You think it was, he I, wasn't, like... I genuinely do not... I, I, I would put money on that he never said it once. Oh. But I bet that the people in the car said oh. it a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, they can. I mean, everyone's out of my black, experience, right? Out of my experience, black people say it infinitely more than anyone else. Do you have a lot of black people in Utah? Surprisingly, we have one or two. <laughs> that is surprising. <laughs> no, one or two. Of course, we. Of course, we are a fucking state in the union. I lived. I grew up in New black Hampshire. Black people we are didn't everywhere. Have black we were less than one percent of New Hampshire's population was minority. Okay, and that's but to be all. Fair, my New Hampshire <laughs> is wildly racist. Well, yeah, it's kind of my point. <laughs> no, we didn't even know about black people enough to be racist. That's what I'm saying. That's shocking. <laughs> but I you. So this guy, do you really believe that he thinks that he saw a gun or? No, no. Okay. No, no, no. You just, he thinks. Well, he, you, okay. It's hard to say because when, when you're in the moment, like when you, I'm sure you've been in a fight, right? Yeah, sure. Like you don't, you're not always thinking clearly you're reacting. Sure. And so at a primal level, when you're reacting, he probably assumed that they had a gun. Yeah, sure. Like, he's racist. He even before, yeah, because if you're black, you're carrying. <laughs> and so Fact. he fucking walked up to that car expecting an encounter ready to deal with it if there was a gun pulled like you would not if you weren't carrying you would not have walked up to that car expecting a gun to be in that car why i don't get it i don't i don't mean to sound like a race traitor since i'm already like a gender traitor sex traitor yeah whatever um but what the fuck is this guy's problem (laughs) Do you think he, I mean, do you think he was really upset about the loud music or do you think he was upset because they were like, fuck you, dude? What was his, what was his original beef with these guys? Was it the music? 
It had to be the music. I mean, that was that was the premise of the whole thing. Well, it must have been. They must have disrespected him in some way. Because if he just said turn the music down, and they were like, "No, thank you. I appreciate your suggestion, but I'm not going to." It wasn't about the music. I'm certain that it was the. Well, let me. Okay, let me let me shine some light on the white man. Oh, thank you. Uh, I I have some inside knowledge. Okay. Because I am, oh, in fact, a white man. No. I know some of you thought I was black. I'm not black. I'm white. Oh my Um, God. I know. I know. Day of revelations. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, no, okay, so as a white man, there is a presumption of manliness that you must exude. You must ooze it out of your nipples. Yeah. I mean, you have to be a man. And so he probably had someone with him. His fiance felt, was with him. Or if it wasn't, okay, so in this case, if, if it was in fact his fiance. There was someone with him that he felt like he had to prove that mm-hmm. he was a tough guy too. This is ingrained in white men from fucking core. We have to prove that we are men. We fucking do it to women. We do it to other guys. We just feel like we have to prove something. And it's I'm not, sure it's not just white men, but that's okay. just the way, you know, my own personal experience as a white man. Thank you. Um, especially when it comes to other races. You have to prove that you're not afraid of them and you have to prove that you're not intimidated by them and that you can treat them just like you would treat anyone. So if it was a bunch of gringos in a fucking Ford pickup with a shotgun rack in the back, you would walk up to them and say, turn down fucking Randy Travis, motherfucker, just as easily as if it was... Um, a black man with a Glock under his fucking seat, pumping fucking Tupac. So you have like, to prove to yourself that was also dated Tupac. Uh, um, yeah, you're old. We know. We know. Way old. God damn it. Yeah. So you have to prove that you're not racist and you're um, you're tough enough to stand up to those against you, especially if you're fucking packing. So you think he would and have, uh, double down with that that you're in fucking Florida where you can actually get away with the murder. Oh, come now. No, that's the stand your ground. You can absolutely... It's not like getting away with murder, exactly. Oh, it, hands down it is. You, you kill someone and you don't go to prison. Is okay, but... de facto it, getting away with murder. Except we're not calling... We can't call it murder, because murder by default is the unlawful killing of somebody, is it not? I mean, is, is there... Is there a lawful way to kill someone? Yeah, manslaughter. Right? Okay. Like, that's where you, oopsie, I accidentally killed you. <laughs> Sorry. There's no accident when you're holding a gun. Okay, but uh, yeah, we're, we're arguing different issues at this okay, point. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. So, he, the, he would not have walked up to them, probably, in all reality as a white man, if he didn't have that weapon. Because he would have assumed, just like he said, right. he assumed that there was a gun in that car. And if you're not packing, you would not walk up to a car that has a gun. Okay. Because so, he obviously expected to be shot or he wouldn't have pulled. So what? The fact that there wasn't mm-hmm. a gun, well. Yeah. I mean, the, there was a tripod, which it looked like a gun. Who knows? But um, what do you think? <laughs> That's what was found in the car. There was like some sneakers and then a camera tripod and some other bullshit. <laughs> like, you know, there was no gun found. But, I, you know, I don't think. So do, so do you think it? he went up to them and was really polite? Like, hey, fellas. Or do you think he, but you still think he didn't use the N-word? No. He he was probably, he was probably stern. Like, hey guys, could you please keep it down? We're trying to pump our gas in silence. And then what? We have fucking Randy Travis playing on our radio and we'd like to hear him. (laughs) And he was probably like, what? Fuck you, man. See. And uh, then it started there. That's my, yes, that's my contention is that the, it wasn't the music that, that caused the, the firefight. It was the, 
these um the reactions of these n words. <laughs> yes, that's, there's so so much loaded there. So do you? Think, well, it's, it was definitely. I mean, it's all conjecture from that point. Right, but. and we're yeah. This is kind of a silly point, but what do you think about the fact that he was accused? Or I'm sorry, um, the trial is over, right? He was convicted of four counts of manslaughter, and but on the murder case, you know, on the murder charge, there was a, a hung jury. What so the fuck, what are you reading? I, I read, read another article. <laughs> oh, see, you did your homework. <laughs> I try. I try to be informed. But, <laughs> but but yeah, I think the trial's over and he, he there was a hung jury on the on the murder charge because he killed one kid and then three of the kids not in, in weren't hit by any bullets. So a lot of people were upset that the, the murder charge went um you know, they had to throw out the case because there was a hung jury. There's no way they had a whole murder trial in less than two weeks. They can. That would be amazing. Are you sure it was the same case? I thought so. Maybe I'm wrong, but... This was posted on 3 February, and it's yeah, only it's fucking 16 February. Yeah, weeks. Yeah. There's no way they had a murder trial in two weeks. Duh. Convicted of attempted murder, hung jury on murder in loud music trial. It's at CNN.com. That was for... for CNN, they're the lead. Just, Leading fucking late breaking news. Uh, All right. Well, that's <laughs> uh, uh, so moving on. So, do you think that? Um, I, I mean, the reason why I brought this forward, obviously, we, we, you and I specifically spoke about the George Zimmerman trial when it was going on. This came out. Do you think that the Stand Your Ground is a solid statute still? Uh, I don't know. Yes. I'm all for it. <laughs> My heart's not in it, but yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's um, a, like a license to kill like you make it sound like, that people can just get away with murder. I do think that, I mean, it's probably not for the best. <laughs> it's probably not the best uh, course of action. Yeah. I think, I mean, just me personally, if if it's on in your home, yeah. on your property... That's one thing. If you're in a public place, I think it's a wholly different thing. And I don't think that, uh, I, I mean, hands down for me, um, if someone ends up dead, you're a murderer. You murder them. Like, whether you're justified or not, you're still a murderer. You killed another human being. And there should be consequences for that. Now, if it, if it's hands down self-defense, well, that's a, a little bit different. That's a little bit different. But these people didn't have a gun in the car. And he still killed them. And I think there should be consequences for that. And if that means that he can no longer own a weapon, I think that's a reasonable solution. He killed someone that was not carrying a weapon. He should no longer have the right to hold bare arms. Well, he's actually been sentenced to like three consecutive um, terms of 20 years. So he's probably never going to see the light of day again. Good. And because now he's convicted, he will not hold a weapon. So Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Um, I don't know. That was just fucking time. Killer, I guess. <laughs> Good stuff. I got a boner. Peace out. Woo! Aaron got a boner. All right. Let's take a short break yes. and dive into the devil's fuck down to the cross. Yeah. Let's do whatever you want, I guess. <laughs> what, again? what is this again? Ah, right, there you will. Sure you want to stay out in this blackout? Sure is dark tonight. Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine. See yourself. (sighs) 
What are you doing out here? Oh, I'm, I'm headed down to the crossroads. <laughs> Wait, miss. You can't be. You're the, you're the devil. devil. But you're, you're beautiful. beautiful. Just sign here. Oh my God. All right, welcome to Hello, Down to the Crossroads, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Down to the Crossroads. <laughs> so, February. This is uh, not my favorite month, but not my least favorite either. It's just a month like all the others. But uh, this time I got a little bit of a um, theme going on. As you know, I have to do that because it's I can't just pick three songs because what the fuck. Um, but I'm going to let you tr- maybe figure out theme adam i'm gonna talk right. about this okay i'm gonna play the song now are we ready are we gonna hit play I'm ready three I'm two ready. three two one yay so there's some piano who we listen to this is napoleon fletcher roosevelt sykes and edith johnson but napoleon Ooh. fletcher i think is only the composer i don't I know there's Roosevelt Sykes on the piano and that girl must be Edith Johnson. So, but Napoleon Fletcher, I can't, I can't find out anything about this Napoleon Fletcher. So I'm assuming it's, I, I read somewhere that he's credited as, uh, credited as the composer. So it's just Sykes and Johnson on this, but it's a lot of, um, a lot of double entendres, a lot of misdirection. <laughs> What's it called? She showed it all. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's not very subtle no (laughs) that's great but it gets better i mean it's yeah she showed it all but then you know there's a little piano interlude a little boogie woogie piano there showed everything there (laughs) there you go and it's rumored that uh roosevelt sykes uh has the nickname honey dripper and they uh (laughs) yeah that's dirty itself. That's really dirty. <laughs> but uh, he got that nickname from Edith Johnson. She had a song called The Honey Dripper Blues. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like the one of the raunchiest names. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. But now they- that's, a, that's a goal. Like, I want to be a honey dripper. <laughs> yeah, it is really what most men strive for. Most heterosexual men. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a whole chorus, a uh, verse and chorus here about how, um, about body odor. <laughs> and I can't, can't quite figure out the relationship between like the male character and the female character in this. Cause it's not like a call and response. It's not like he's got, he's talking about something and then she's responding. She's just sort of like, he's talking about this girl and like how, but I guess kind of how bad her pussy smells. And then uh, Edith Johnson is just in the back being like, yeah, bitch, your pussy stank. You know, she's not, <laughs> she's not answering his accusations. She's sort of also on this side of uh, just like, yo shit is nasty girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that great finish at the end of the, yeah. So that was, uh, yep. She showed it all by Napoleon. Uh, I guess composed or arranged or by Napoleon Fletcher. And then, is that uh, a? Do you mind if I ask a personal question? I guess. Is that a, is that a fear that you if if you do oh. show it all, like it's gonna stank or something? Like th- this is a theme that I remember carrying throughout my juvenile years. Yeah. 
Oh, sure, yeah. Um, it's not a concern of mine, but I know that it is a concern of some women. And they said, like, some, you have to genuinely have some fucked up shit happen. Yeah, your shit needs to be like funky. <laughs> you know, like something's got to be physiologically wrong with you for the, to, to smell bad. It should smell, you know, like pussy. I mean, everybody smelled like pussy. Like it, it all kind of smells roughly. I love how you say it. <laughs> but, you know, it's like pussy with a capital P. Like there's a certain way that pussy smells. But like if your shit smells like fish, like I've never gotten that. <laughs> like I I don't even know what could go wrong with you that your shit would smell like fish. <laughs> it's absolutely true. And and but that is like the go-to sure, adjective. Yeah. Like yeah. go-to, like, oh it, it, it's fish, it's tuna, it's it's I know. mean, I get that it's kind of briny down there, like men's Semen is also sort of briny. I mean, what is that? Just the salt Salty, element? yeah. Salty sea air kind of shit. And I guess that it just kind of, maybe it just got equated with the smell of like the seashore and fish. Because my shit's never smelled like fish. <laughs> like tilapia on the grill. You know? It's, um, but I guess it smelled maybe like a sort of sea- seashore-y. <laughs> like beautiful, like oh sunset, white sand... Situation. <laughs> that's so ridiculous i'm sorry i don't know that's awesome. but yeah so that was that let's move on well hold on, hold on, hold on. i want to i want to oh. hang on the smells thing for a second Damn. because it's it. it's it's relevant to those of us who are sexually active in in that we either crave that smell or we run away from it because well yeah for whatever reason we're afraid of it but there is I think there's there's genuinely um, a, a wonderful thing when you can – I mean, you know, just pheromones themselves. You are either going to be attracted to someone because of the way they smell or you are not. You know, yeah. th- there's just some something inside of us that, that, that makes that happen, some chemical reaction in our brain to right. their spe- spe- specific scent. But more than that, um, um, you know, I mean – and that's really where we, we come down with uh, – trying to cover our sense with colognes and perfumes and um, Axe Brody spray if you're <laughs> fucking into that crazy shit. Uh, let me ask you about that. Are yeah. you, do you, do you uh, use a, a scent? Oh boy, do I. I love smells. They're, do you? I love, I collect perfume. I collect perfume bottles. I collect perfume fragrances. <laughs> I'm just. So obs- do you use it as something to cover your smell or no. to augment your yes. smell? Exactly, of course. And and you have to get perfume that works with your body and all that shit. But, um, yeah, I love uh, someone to smell good. I, there's nothing more um, – I mean, if we're going to get specific, you know, talking about sex and attraction, I think there's nothing more um, sexual than someone's scent. And it could be, you know, I like armpit. You know, I like the smell of maybe a man who spent the day outside, like maybe grease, grease and armpit, you know, like that's incredibly sexy. Like if a guy's been out just like, um, turning a wrench all day, comes in with grease and sweat. Like that's, that's one thing. But I also love the smell of like, um, Fahrenheit by Dior, which is a sort of men's cologne that's like leather and dirt and coffee. And, you know, it's just this incredible smell that's also not organic, but it's fucking great. And I like smelling good. I like smelling people who smell good. I like smelling people who smell bad sometimes, you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I very much, I, I'm more of a, um, 
scent by association type person. Yeah. So if you if you smoke a cigar, then you're gonna have or a pipe, you're gonna have that smell sort of latched onto yours. So it's not a conscious thing like you're rubbing a cigar on your balls, but <laughs> though I'm sure there are people that. Oh, um, <laughs> but it is just you know like this is the way you live your life. Hence, you smell this way. Uh-huh. It mingles with your own musk or whatever. That you know that that's how you come across and and you find. A lot, and we've spoken to this briefly, even alcohol, where you uh-huh. find that there's this particular scent because of the sure. way you behave as a human being that you will have. And that behavior can, you know, be an attraction in and of itself because you mm-hmm. associate that smell with, you know, memory. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's powerful. The, that's the uh, sense of smell is the most evocative of the senses. You know, if you, you can smell something that reminds you of a memory you had when I, when you were five and you have no uh, other memory, no other sense memory of something at that age, but a smell is, it just takes you right fucking back to something sometimes, you know, and that's what I love about um, perfume and why I collect it. Um, you know, it's, it's chemistry, it's art, it's science, it's, it's, but it's also just like, is so evocative. You smell something that reminds you. I mean, I could smell the perfume that my mom wore. You know, she wore a certain perfume. She had a few different ones, but I, I could s- smell it now and it, and I would feel her presence almost. You know, it's just so powerful. That's great. Yeah. Really, really cool. All right. Well, what do we have next? Okay. I'm going to hit play and we're going to listen to play. This is Kansas City Kitty and Georgia Tom and it's called Show Me What You've Got. And so, so Georgia Tom is actually um, Tom Dorsey, Thomas Dorsey, who was is known as the godfather of black gospel music. But before he was into gospel, he was into the blues and he uh, worked under the name Georgia Tom. And this is just a raunchy, you know, I mean, show me what you got. It's not very um, veiled. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. It, it, oh, and the premise is this you know, terrific. This saleswoman shows up at this guy's door and then, you know, there's this just exchange about, you know, I got something to sell you. And he's like, well, show me what you got. And she's like, in a minute, you know, I'll show you in a fucking minute, asshole. Like I'm telling you about it. And he's just like, give me, show me, let me have it. Let me see it. This is every fucking date. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just like, calm down, calm down. How much you got, how much are you willing to spend? And he's kind of like, I don't have a whole lot of money. I got about 50 cents. What can I get for 50 cents? You know? <laughs> and it's just sort whiff. of, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it's this great business transaction, but, um, you know, sort of coded language. Obviously they're talking about uh, her pussy, but <laughs> and it's great. And this guy, it's a Mississippi chic song that was originally done in the thirties. I think this is, uh, maybe it's, uh, wait, maybe this is the original. I'm not sure, but it, it's been done a few times, but these two are great. Cause it's a back and forth between a man and woman. And it's, uh, you know, it's such a great scene that they set up. And this guy, Tom Dorsey is really, really well known. And like I said, he's the, like, he created gospel music pretty much. And it's, it's fun how he, he ended up doing that was that he, you know, he, he started vaudeville when he was just a kid, you know, he was 11 years old. He went on the road, uh, touring vaudeville theaters and, uh, left Atlanta. He was born in Atlanta. They moved to Chicago and, you know, he was a huge hit and he was uh, really well known around town as being one of the whispering piano players, uh, which means that he could play like speakeasies and places that he had to be really, he had to play really quietly. Um, yeah. The police wouldn't um, 
you know, find him. <laughs> but he had this great, uh, you know, when he was in his 20s or something, he had a really bad nervous breakdown and he started like not being able to perform anymore. He just sort of got developed panic attacks, you know, <laughs> before anybody knew what a panic attack was. But then he decided to go um, get treatment from a, like um, um, a faith healer, like this Bishop guy. And he uh, told, told one of his biographers about, you know, they pulled like a live serpent out of his throat. And from that point on, he was known as brother Dorsey. And uh, instead of doing like this dirty, like secular music, you know, thinly veiled reference to, you know, buying a woman's pussy. He just, he decided to devote his life to the gospel and the Lord's work. And so he did. And he just, and then from that conversion from the secular to the sacred, he kind of invented gospel music. You know, if you listen to a lot of people tell it. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that was, uh, what did I say? Georgia Tom and Kansas city kitty. And, uh, show me what you got. Yeah. Tom, Thomas Dorsey is definitely worth looking up. Georgia Tom. He's, it's a great tale about how he just went from, from bad to good because it was, you know, he found Jesus. <laughs> I, I gotta say, yeah, I mean, just the premise of this song itself. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really love it. It speaks to so much of any young man's experience of, of wanting to cut through the, pop and circumstance of, of dating and and get to what they want to get to. But I, I think the older, at least the older I get, the more I realize that it's the, the chase and it's the desire that is as powerful as the ultimate end. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, appreciating that for what it is, it, it's fucking amazing. It's I mean, it's the reason I flirt with anyone because that's part of what is so amazing about an encounter with someone else. You know, this this connection that may never, ever lead anywhere. Uh You can still enjoy that that moment of connection while you're there. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's a great song. And I think it does say a lot about uh, the male-female dynamic. (laughs) I will in just a minute. (laughs) Yeah, me just a minute. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. All right, so what's next? All right, let's hit play on this third song. The song is called The Hottest Stuff in Town. And it's. Dude, I got an ad. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man. Everybody, wait for Adam. Don't. It's not my fault. Well, it's because you're too cheap to spend the $10 for Spotify Premium. I don't know why you buy Spotify. Because it's the best. It's got every song you've never heard of. Yeah, well, now I know. Okay, so are you hearing music yet, Grandpa? No, no. Well, you just let us know when you're ready. Because the world revolves around Adam today. I'm ready. Okay, here we go, everybody. All right, so Whistling Bob Howe and Frankie Griggs, and I know almost nothing about these guys. Except... <laughs> oh, that's, this is a great intro. Yeah. I just, I'm going to be quiet because you got to fucking hear this. They have another song that was, this was recorded in Chicago in 1936. And the year before they did another song called The Coldest Stuff in Town, uh, which is also worth looking up and listening to. But so it's basically this guy, door to door salesman, and he, he um, is trying to sell some, quote, coal, unquote, to this woman. And there's a great exchange. about Hard black. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot to figure out the code there. <laughs> and it's got, you know, it's it, it keeps her warm in the winter and good to have around. And mm-hmm. so she's arguing like, I already have a coal man. I already have someone who keeps her warm. <laughs> but, you know, why should I leave? Why should I get rid of him and go with you guys? You know, and he's trying to sell her just on the fact that I love that his just, mm-hmm, you know, <laughs> sort of, mm-hmm. you'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just so smooth. His merchandise. Oh, that's great. My merchandise is extra clean. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I love that laugh. Great. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. Like to be. Yeah, so I I don't know anything about these two. It was almost I mean I I've heard this song years ago and I remembered it for this theme and trying to do research on Whistling Bob Howe and Frankie Griggs is nearly impossible. If uh, any you know any listeners have any insight, I'd love to hear about them, but I couldn't find anything on them. I think there's an interesting some sort of a pattern I've I've, I've seen since I've been listening and and we've been doing this show. Um, you know all this. Early, early blues is very piano centric. Uh-huh. Later blues is very guitar centric. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you can you can almost date the song simply by whether or not it's piano heavy. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I mean, of course, there's some exceptions, but yeah, for the most part, a lot of the earliest blue early blues was you know in the 30s and stuff. It was it was piano, but I mean, the, even earlier than this piano stuff, Robert Johnson was you know he was playing his guitar. So there was a yeah, yeah. You know, they're, um, that's oh, nice. Yeah, that was good. Really cool. Um, I love It's very much a backdoor man premise. Well, yeah. And it's <laughs> funny you should say that that one was going to be my theme, um, was the backdoor man kind of mythos in blues, <laughs> but, uh, maybe, maybe some other time, but yeah, you know, that's what kind of led me down this path was that, uh, broader kind of subject. It was just like, you know, sex. I want to do show. All I wanted to ever talk about is sex, basically. So. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm your cool man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I dig it. That's cool. Um, well, where can people find you online? Oh, you know, the usual places. Twitter, Chelsea Earl 19, and then down to the Crossroads has a Facebook page, and that's it. It's got a Tumblr page, and all. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, definitely, audience, check out the music. There's going to be a playlist spotify playlist on the website nine cents podcast.com uh about this episode and every past episode uh so definitely go check it out listen to this amazing music and then excuse me when you're finished just jiving uh reach out to erin and let her know how she's doing send her a, a message either through uh twitter or facebook or you can shoot me an email and i'll forward it on as i've done in the past so uh, let her know what you think and how much you love her and how wonderful it is when she says pussy with a cap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely uh, questions for the uh, my get to know voices segment. So if you, you know. It's you never going to fucking happen. It's happen. Like next month sometime. Promise. Sure. Promise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> All I say, I, I want to see what you got. 
and you're not showing me what you got. Oh, all in good time. Just wait just a minute. <laughs> Show me what you got. There you go. Uh, I fucking love it. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it, everyone, for another show. I hope you enjoyed it. And we would love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let me know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the SatanNet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics. Check out Down to the Crossroads on Facebook because she's puts up a ton of music that we don't ever cover uh, and some really fantastic imagery and articles that you you have to check out for yourself. So follow her on Facebook. Um, download the show Mondays via my RSS feed found on 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube, so look for us there. You can subscribe to 9cents via iTunes by searching 9cents, and don't forget to leave a rating and or comment. Take time, send me a testimonial. I appreciate it. I put it up on the website. It's one way to draw in listeners, and I'd appreciate it if you did so. And remember, if you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. The only way that we're going to continue doing this show is through your correspondence. So tell someone about this show. Recommend us to someone that may want that third third side perspective that maybe doesn't know about Satanism or does know about Satanism, but not about nine cents. Uh, Do us the solid, and we will continue producing fantastic content for you every week. Share nine cents, people. And once again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by... Aaron. Yay! And until next week, hail Satan! Hail Satan! Yeah! Hi, and for those of you who are too late to be hearing this, (laughs) I dream of Jesse. Get to the voices coming up. Alright, peace out, people. Peace.